to Pit Crew on the Bayou. I'm Megan, and along with my dad, Kevin, we are a daughter and dad team diving deep into the sport of NASCAR. So strap in and get ready for a ride around the track with us, your Pit Crew. Welcome back, race fans, to season two of our podcast. We are kicking things off with episode one of the 2022 NASCAR season. Today, we'll be recapping the clash at the Coliseum as well as our hot topic for the week, full-time Xfinity driver and part-time Cup Series driver, Landon Castle. So, without further ado, let's get to it. The Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum was held at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum on Sunday, February 6, 2022. There were four heat races, two last-chance qualifier races, and two last-chance qualifier races to get into the main event. Each heat race was 25 laps, each last chance qualifier was 50 laps, and the main race was 150 laps with a mid-race break at lap 75. Kyle Busch won heat 1, and Daniel Suarez, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Ryan Blaney also advanced to the main race. Ryan Blaney used his bumper to shove past Denny Hamlin to claim the final transfer spot from the opening heat. Denny Hamlin might have been a little bit upset about that. Just a little bit. Maybe he started calling Ryan Blaney a hack. Yeah, either that or his fans just don't think straightly. Well, I think Denny Hamlin can't think straightly. Anyways, Tyler Reddick won Heat 2, and Chase Briscoe, Austin Dillon, and Cole Custer also advanced to the main race. Justin Haley won Heat 3, and William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Chase Elliott advanced to the main race as well. The winner of Heat 4 was Joey Logano, and Kyle Larson, Michael McDowell, and Eric Jones also advanced to the main race. The winner of the first last chance qualifier was Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick and AJ Allmendinger advanced to the main race. The second last chance qualifier was Ryan Priest, and Boa Wallace and Harrison Burton advanced to the main race. Ty Dillon won, but jumped the restart, so he got disqualified. He was bouncing all over the track like a pinball in a pinball machine. Yeah, and actually, that wasn't the first time he jumped the restart. He had jumped the restart a previous time, so he got sent to the back. Seems like Ty Dillon might need to work on his not jumping restart skills. Yeah, he didn't work on that restart. This was the first race for the next-gen car. Yeah, it was. It was the first opportunity that we had to see how it would do on the track. And this was just a quarter-mile track, which NASCAR hasn't raced on since the, the uh, 1970s a long time ago. So this is very different for the drivers. The winner of the main event was Joey Logano and Kyle Busch was second and Austin Dillon was third. Uh, Kyle Busch was kind of perturbed, upset. Uh, he said he was trying to pounce on the opportunity of passing Joey Logano up, but he overheated the tires and smoked them in three laps and that was disappointing. Yeah, and he also said that his son is winning more than him, so maybe someone should give him a contract instead. Yeah, uh, Joey Logano had control of the race after lap 117 on the restart after a caution. And he just frustrated Bush to the very end because Bush, Kyle Bush just couldn't get by him, by him and around him. Kyle Bush was upset because he didn't win. He doesn't like being second. He doesn't like finishing second. He says, if you're not first, you're last. So I guess, obviously, there was 22 last place finishers, according to him. <laughs> yeah. 
And Joey Logano beat him, so that must have really hurt. They yes. don't like each other. No, and they were teammates in the past, so. I don't know, something happened, and now they don't like each other. Joey Logano said he couldn't believe it that he uh, won the race. He was very excited. Uh, he said that this is a, in a, was an amazing event, and congratulations to NASCAR for putting a, on a great event, and this was a huge step in the in, in industry to be able to do this and put on an amazing race for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Tyler Reddick probably would have won the race, but he had problems with his drivetrain. Yeah, he said, after, I think after the cost, you know, he led the first 40 laps was uh, Tyler Reddick, and when he went to shift, the car just stopped. It just gave out. The drivetrain came out when he was shifting gears. And he wasn't the only one who had issues either. Uh, Chase Briscoe had the same issue as Tyler, Tyler Reddick and Danny Hamlin in uh, power steering issues. So maybe this is something that it would need to work out with the, the, uh, the uh, next-gen car. Yeah. Then we had some wrecks that happened, too. Like Eric Amarillo hit the wall during one of the heat races. Yes, he was pretty upset. Yeah, he was definitely not very happy about that. And Ryan Blaney threw his uh, Nick Hines device at Eric Jones after they kind of bump, bumped together. Yeah, so not too many happy people out there. So what did you think about the event, Megan? Well, I thought it was pretty good. I thought the first four races were pretty straightforward and kind of, you know, you know, whoever was first, finished first, finished second, finished second. You know, the drivers were kind of filling the track out, but the... the uh, Last chance qualifiers, those was pretty interesting. You know, that's when they were really bumping each other, going at it, trying to pass. And especially the uh, last one when they knew that either they uh, finished in the top three spots or they would be out. And the final race was pretty, uh, was, was good too, the, the, uh, the actual race itself. Yeah, it was. So it was a pretty good event overall. So, Dad, what do you think of the next-gen car so far? I think the drivers are still trying to figure it out. You know, they've been on a track a lot, going on different tracks and racing this car. I think the car handled pretty uh, pretty good on on this track, it being such a, a short track. What, what did you think, Megan? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, but I do think they need to look into the issues that they have with Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, and Denny Hamlin, because they don't think they really want that to be happening in the middle of the Daytona 500. And also, they're no longer doing the uh, stick shift shifting. They're doing the sequential shifting where you're just hitting, hitting the uh, shifter and shifting. So that's, so that's different, too. Yeah, so that might cause some problems. So this different type of shifter will definitely be something that the drivers will have to adjust to. And I think that the next-gen car handled pretty well for the first race of the season. Now for our hot topic of the week, Landon Castle. Landon Castle will be driving for Colleague in the Xfinity Series this year, and he will also be driving in at least 12 races for Spire in the Cup Series. He already drove in the Clash this year, although that didn't go so well for him. I think he started fourth in the race. He qualified pretty good. But something happened on the on the first lap, and he got shuffled out of the pack, and he could just never rebound from that. Even in the last chance qualifier, he didn't do very well. Oh well, it was the first race in a next gen car, so 
Now, it wasn't like a do-or-die situation. It was just fun. This is a pretty good opportunity for him with Kali, don't you think, Dad? I do. It's a very good opportunity. This is this is his best opportunity to uh, actually make the playoffs and actually win a race. Right, because Kali is a good team, and he has good teammates in A.J. Almendinger and Daniel Hamrick. I mean, the driver who drove, drove his car last year, Jeb Burton, he won a race, and he finished at least five top fives and 10, 12 top tens. So this is a good team, and this is a good car. So this is his opportunity to show everybody that he is a top-notch driver, which I think he will. Yeah, I do too. He's a really good driver, and he really does get the most out of any car that he drives. So yeah, this is a good opportunity for him, and I really do think that he'll win at least a race. I'd be surprised. I would be surprised if he if he didn't win a race this year. I think he'll win at least one, if not two, races this year in that car. Right, and he has a good sponsor too, Voyager. Yes. They're the ones who helped him get this ride. Because these days, if you want to be with a good team or a team at all, really, you gotta have a sponsor. It's not just you don't just have to have the driving ability. They want to know. Do you have a good sponsor that can bring some money to the table? If you don't, sorry, you don't have a ride anymore. Right, yeah. So, well, hopefully he'll take advantage of this opportunity so that he can have a future in NASCAR with a good team. I'm really looking forward to watching him race this year. Yeah, so am I. No more breaking down every race with engine problems. It's kind of frustrating to see him having a good race and all of a sudden a car loses loses power, you know, ignition problems, drivetrain problems, you name it, he had it all last year. And he didn't even qualify for the last race of the year either. No, that was very disappointing. Uh, here is your, uh, for JD Motorsports, here is your top driver, you know, their leader in the points, and they can't even get him to qualify for the last race. That's why I'm glad he has the opportunity now with Cullick Racing. Right, and he's going to drive for Spire, too, so that's good. Yeah. So, good for Landon. <laughs> On our next episode, we'll talk about the Daytona 500 and more. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Pit, Pit crew, crew, out! out.